0: It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia 107.5 The Game On 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach And 100.5 The Game in Florence
1: And welcome in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyler, Chris, and Wes along with you on this Thursday morning as we navigate our way through the bye week, getting closer to a full slate of football on Saturday. Tons of good games. Chris and I talked about those a little bit in the last hour there. But guys, I want to start off with this. You know, we talked yesterday about Xavier get in the latest Pro Football Focus mock drafts being projected as a first-rounder, according to Pro Football Focus. And, and, you know, there's a lot of mock drafts out there and varying opinions on who's going to go where. But one that uh, was very interesting that you guys brought my attention to was Ryan Wilson of CBS putting out his latest the other day. He had Spencer Rattler as a first-round, one of the first few quarterbacks to be taken off the board. Uh, Had him at pick number 21. And, of course, that specific pick varies depending on what team's there and what their needs are and everything like that. But for somebody that came into this season... Not really being talked about in these conversations. It's good to see Spencer Rattler uh, getting some respect again on the uh, mock draft boards.
2: I think he's moved up. Right. Now, first rounder, Wes, I'm still skeptical on that. Um, I've done a little bit of checking. I don't think he's truly there, you know, in terms of that. But he but he has moved up, which is is definitely a positive. And I think Tyler in that mock draft you reference from CBS Sports. I think Caleb Williams, number one overall in the first quarterback, obviously. Drake May, the second quarterback at number three. They've also got Shador Sanders, I think at about pick fifteen from Colorado, and then Spencer twenty one to the which would be actually the New Orleans Saints. I tend to think he's not that high right now. But I think the thing that we can all agree on is that he has moved back
3: up with his play. He's he's catching some scouts' eyes. Yeah, I mean, they've got, was it, five quarterbacks in this um, mock? It's at least four. The headline I thought said five, but I'm only seeing. Oh, no, Michael Penix Jr., 19th as well. So, ah, there you go. You know, it's a, at least this mock, it's a heavy QB first round. And then, you know, they have what I believe is maybe the actual best player in the country. Marvin Harrison Jr. going second to the Cardinals. But the, uh, you know, I I think this is a good sign. This is not, it's not a mock draft. No offense to anyone else out there, but it's not a mock draft. It's just from a random fan. (laughs) You know, it's a, a CBS Sports mock draft. So you would think and hope there's a little bit of possible information coming from behind this and not just pulled out of thin air. And I think Spencer has, he has shown you NFL throws on tape this year where stuff that maybe goes a little bit unnoticed, but making a making a throw with a guy in your face where you kind of have to adjust your arm angle to get the ball around him, getting to that not just first, not just second, but to that third read. Like if I'm if I'm an NFL team and I'm not just watching for entertainment, but I'm really like diving into the film of what Spencer Rattler has done, I'm gonna see when he has had time he's missed very few throws throughout the first 5 games of this season now every quarterback can kind of get swallowed up i guess when you're you're just getting hit like he did last week but i i think he's really put some stuff on tape that probably will revert some teams back to looking at spencer the way he was looked you know coming out of high school and i i do believe though for rattler they're going to be I think he'll be a polarizing graded guy. Like there there will be some teams that will frankly just say, "Nah. Like he doesn't fit what mm-hmm. we're looking for. The height will maybe hurt him a little bit when you really start to get nitpicky, but there will be some teams that will say, "Man, this guy is a leader, a competitor, huge arm, effortless arm, uh underrated escapability, and right. they're going to say, he he has everything you look for in a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily he think he's somebody that you draft is like, hey, this can be our day one starter and someone we're going to build around right away. But somebody that maybe you bring in, you let develop a little bit over a couple years, and maybe then he becomes your guy a little bit later down the road.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, there's some quarterbacks that are getting like instant buzz to come in and hey, this guy's going to start. You know, we've heard some of the, I don't know if it's hyperbole. I don't know if teams really think this, but hey, Caleb Williams. You know, we would sell off our whole team to be able to get him and, and things like that. And I think people feel like Caleb Williams, Drake, May, like these are the types of guys that maybe they're coming in and starting year one. Rattler, you, you don't think that quite as much. Um, but Ryan Wilson, I did say, you know, again, I tend to think that Spencer Rattler is probably not in round one range right now. I I, I tend to think he's lower down. But it is interesting that he's there at least in the minds of, Scott, we've seen some – I mean, Izzy Mukwamu was in a first-round NFL mock at one point, and that was never the case. Sure. Rattler, at least in the past, different points of his career has kind of been in that range. So we'll see where things go. But Ryan Wilson um, actually last month had like a day two grade on Rattler. So he's kind of moved him up, even his own personal board. And a comp that he gave for him, guys – let me see what y'all think about this – Zach Wilson.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. That's well. But I mean Zach Wilson was a first rounder. And he put you know, he had a lot of buzz going into the draft and certainly had a lot of physical
3: abilities, but um yeah, that, that was kind of interesting. Well, and I, I think he he's saying Zach Wilson the prospect, not the, the not the play yes not yeah. what he ended up being so far. The arm. You know? in his career. But but I do I I mean, y'all just had physical reactions to that note. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's who you want to be in the same sentence with. But but sir I mean, Wilson, there's a reason he was drafted as highly as he was. So yes. You're, you're more it, it's also it's kind of the opposite of when you say, Hey, this guy reminds me of Emmett Smith and then people say, Oh, you can't compare that guy to a Hall." And it's like well we're talking about skill set too.
1: Here. Yeah, you're not saying he's going to go have the exact same yeah career yeah. that he Hall has. Of
3: famer. You're, you're giving <laughs> when you when you compare, especially a high school recruit to a guy who's like well, made it. You're saying best, best, best case scenario, yes. basically.
1: Well, and you talked to Mario Anderson the other day on the Garner Trust Tower, and that was one of the people that he like looked up to. Emmett Smith coming up, watching his highlights. Like, yeah, you can see similarities in their running style that very aggressive downhill bowling ball type of back. We'd love to see Mario Anderson have that kind of career, but it doesn't mean it's gonna be the same.
3: Well, and Emmett Smith also had a phenomenal offensive line that helps in front of him. <laughs> um, and Troy Aitman. Yes. I Mark I was Orvin. low key a Cowboys fan before the Panthers became a thing when I was really young. So I used to watch those guys all the time. And uh yeah, lots of big holes there for Emmett to run through. But by the way, not to completely get us off track, but did y'all catch how he rattled off he being Mario Anderson. He rattled off like five or six old school running backs. Like so Montario Hardesty has told us before, like, hey, this guy, um, uh, you know, I, I put him with with Emmett Smith's tape mm. just because he's an old school back. Right. And I thought that was you know, a lot of these younger guys, they don't they can't tell you who the backs were from twenty something years ago. Sure. He starts rattling guys off. He's like, "Oh, I watch this guy, I watch this guy," and I'm like, "Okay." He gets it honest. Like this wasn't just Hardesty saying, "Hey, this is this is what you remind me of." He's picking the big thigh pads, right, for a reason. Like this is an old soul right here. Like I kind of kind of respect that. It's some it, Jim Brown references.
1: He, he said Walter Smith. Payton. He said Marshawn Lynch. That's a little bit more recent. Did he Say Barry Sanders too. I can't remember.
3: I don't think he said. I don't think there's a comp there.
1: There was another. <laughs> there was another like old school back though that he threw in there. Did he say Eddie George? He said. He did say Eddie George. That's what it was. Oh, he was. said Eddie George.
3: There was one. there was another one in there too. I think.
1: I don't know. But yeah, he just started
3: rattling them off. I was like, okay, this is we're learning something today. I like this.
1: Sorry, yeah, Eddie, y'all. I just that's okay. No that all three good. y'all. Big I, old well,
3: before you did that, <laughs>
2: back
1: to NFL
3: draft. <laughs>
2: well, somehow I was going. Uh, I, I think it's because you said Cowboys before Panthers, and you know I'm a Panthers kind of fan too. Isn't uh, everybody kind of right before now? Before they existed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So then, I was gonna take us on the on the complete derail of. Did y'all see how they're talking about bringing a, a MLB team to Charlotte, and what will be your Wes? Well, all of us in here, Braves fans.
1: Yeah. Will
2: will we have to like strongly dislike a Charlotte baseball team? Will you kind of be like, oh, that's my second team? I
1: just don't think it gains enough traction. Yeah, I don't, this, I don't uh, think it is, works. This is Braves I don't country. Either. Yeah, I don't if think you, you can do it. If you open up, a, if you put an MLB team in Tennessee. Mississippi-Alabama would be the same situation. Like So ingrained in Braves country, it's hard to get people to pull away from that.
3: I I think, first of all, they need to just move the Rays from what I saw from their crowd the last two days.
1: Do do you think they had more people at Middle Tennessee and Jacksonville State last night? I
3: think they had more people at the Braves' open practice than they did at the Rays' actual playoff game.
1: 19,000 for a playoff game. That's just
3: sad, man. And And they played like it. Yeah, golly. Again, they look like uh, Sunday softball here in Columbia with some of the defense they were playing. But I I wonder if Nashville is not a better – I mean, that is technically Braves country. Is it as ingrained there as it is, like, in the state of South Carolina? Maybe it is.
1: I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we can talk to Kendall and they can just bump the Charlotte Knights up to being a pro team. That would be a easier – Transition, Nashville right? Knights, Nashville Knights. Ooh. There you go. That you know what? That works perfectly. Works perfectly.
3: Well, it, it's rolling off the tongue because that's the name of yeah. Michael Haney's. That's right. Friday
1: um, throughout the summer. Now would he have to send like a cease and desist? Like, hey, can't do this. Well,
3: this would be Nashville
1: Knights. That's with true. a K. With a K.
3: His is Nashville Knights. I don't like, think nighttime. Haney. I don't think Haney would sue. Haney would just be like, "Let me get some tickets." Yeah, because he's
2: out there.
1: Yeah, he'd get that's all true. the games.
2: They do. nashvilles a unique place. I, I can't decide right now if they would if they would like a pro baseball team well, or not. They like I'm, the Titans.
1: They've embraced the Predators too. Like that's, they love that's the a big Predators there. And that's like, a big deal. Hockey in Tennessee. How's that going to work? And don't they well. they
3: absolutely love it. They have a uh, they have a, a soccer team out there that they like.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: See, I, so, I don't know. I just maybe I'm dead wrong. I have no evidence whatsoever to back that up. But I just I feel like Nashville might have a better case than probably than Charlotte.
1: so. And it's also a place that people come and go a little bit more than Charlotte as far as tourism goes. So you have people, hey, let's go and check out a Nashville Knights game as opposed to, okay, well, I don't We're, know we We've officially named them. Yeah, I don't know how many people are passing <laughs> through Charlotte as casually as they do Nashville. If they ever yeah, do have sure. the
2: Nashville baseball team and it's anything other than the Knights, huge failure.
1: going to be disappointed. We're going to have to, like, write in the, the we, name we will when they do sue. the name contest. <laughs> I don't know for what, but we will sue. All right, we'll uh, jump back into some college football stuff. A pretty big rule change coming down from the NCAA uh, the other day in reference to the transfer portal. We'll jump into that coming up. If you're listening to the Game GameCock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game.
0: It would help it. Uh, I think everybody's in agreement that it's it's uh, the window is... Too long, as it is. I mean, I would be in favor of just continuing to short it, shorten it. I mean, to me, if a if a guy uh, is planning on transferring from your program, he knows it when the window opens, and doesn't necessarily need 45 days or 30 days or whatever it might be uh, to figure that out. You know, for us, the season ends. We have end of season meetings with our players, and and they pretty they have a pretty good idea of. You know where they stand and, and vice versa so we always try to have open and honest communication with our players and and um, i think it'd be great you know in favor of it and i would say most coaches across the country would say the same and same thing for the players too uh, certainly want them to be to have the freedom that that they need to have in order to do the things that they want to do that's best for their career and, but also trying to help them with that process also
1: welcome back into the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs that was coach beamer Yesterday on the SEC Weekly Teleconference, talking about his thoughts on the NCAA's new rule in regards to the transfer portal window is now shrinking it down to 45 total days where you have a 30-day session that begins the day after the college football playoff teams are announced, and then you still have the 15-day session that exists from April 15th to April 30th, essentially cutting 15 days, basically in January, out of what it was uh, before, and trimming it back a little bit. Similar thing with basketball, where there'll be a 45-day period starting after Selection Sunday for both men's and women's basketball.
2: I mean, this is uh, this is needed because realistically, it is very difficult on everyone right after the season. So, month of December, right? You are navigating the transfer portal. So there are some big guys that maybe you hear are going to go in, or you you know they're in. But typically, there's a whole team in every college football office doing the equivalent, or literally refreshing the transfer portal. You know who's yep. in. Um, let's research this person. What what's the deal with them? I mean, and that could be from small schools. I mean, Jared Verse from Florida State came from Albany. And a bunch of SEC programs when he went in were like, who's this guy? Is he any good? So you've got that going on. You've also got coaches going out on the road to do in-home and school visits with prospects from the 2024 class, high Mm -hmm. school guys or JUCO guys. You've got prospects visiting your campus for official visits. And for most schools, you're trying to prepare for a bowl game. So there's a lot going on in that window. Now, I think – if you're going to have a transfer portal window at all, which you are nowadays, it has to be after the season. you know. So when else are you going to put it? But shortening it, I think from just an administrative standpoint for coaches, it does help you a little bit in terms of kind of taking
3: something for a few days at least off your plate. And I, I think interesting point by Shane Beamer that, um, hey, if, if you're going in the portal, don't you kind of know you're going in the portal? and it's kind of just maybe trying to make things a little bit more efficient. And, frankly, it probably cuts down a bit on your – do I have to say the word alleged? Your alleged tampering out there. I'm sure that doesn't go on anywhere, but – Not at all. Yeah, it it cuts down your tampering window as well. So it's like, all right, if you're going to hit the portal, hit the portal. Nowadays, it may be, hey, school tampers, and this guy – I missed on this guy, this guy, this guy. Hey, let me hit up this dude from this other school and be like, man, you should hit the portal now. So I think it it just it makes you kind of, if you're a player and you're thinking about hitting the portal, it makes you decide one way or the other. Either I'm leaving or I'm staying, and it cuts down on the amount of time for maybe a third, fourth, or fifth option for a school to all of a sudden become, well, hey, let me go get that guy now. Yeah, it's... There,
2: there are most of the time kids know they're going in. I think the one example came to mind when Shane Beamer said that, and it's one that he's talked about multiple times, where you have a guy in your office for your exit meeting. Everything seems fine. He goes home, and now things are different, right? And that was that was Marshawn Lloyd, of course. That's kind of the way that one went. But most of the time, and even then, that was quick. It, you don't have to think about it for 30 or 45 days or however long it is. So th- these things do tend to move fast. There there are some guys right now through five or six games in college football that have a great idea that they're leaving after the season. Sure. You know, it typically doesn't happen overnight. You do have some times. Like even Marshawn Lloyd, even though that situation changed, it didn't happen, like, overnight. Like, there was always a little bit of a thought. Like, we were kind of tracking it behind the scenes the year before. We thought there may be a chance of a change there. So, um, wasn't a big shocker. So, I, I like the word you used, Wes. More efficient. Thank you. Um, yes, very good. Clap. We don't have the sounder, but clapping for Wes. Um, but it, it just takes a little bit off these coaches. And, and yes, they're well-paid and everything, but um, – you want to be I, something that Shane Beamer is always concerned about. He's mentioned this is like just being able to see your team, you know, not being completely buried in recruiting when you're preparing for a bowl game and you actually have your guys around. You don't want to lose sight of the players that you actually have in your building.
1: Yeah. And, and one caveat to this for anybody that's in the college football playoff, there's an additional five day period in January where they can also enter the transfer portal. But again, for a lot of those guys, probably have their mind made up before. Getting into January, that hey, I'm going to transfer now. They just have a couple extra days to do that, and of course, you still have the 15 days in uh, late April after spring ball. You go through, and then Coach Beamer talked about it at the end of spring practice. He sat down with all the guys and gave them a lay of land, like, "Hey, here's where you're at. Here's what we think you're going to be able to do this year," and that gives you the the open door, like, "Hey, if you want to transfer now, go ahead because we don't think we think you're going to be doing X, Y, and Z for us, and maybe you want to go somewhere else."
3: Yeah, and I, I think uh, we're, we've started to see the portal maybe normalize a little bit and you know I, I think it's always going to be a it's always a process when you try something new and the, the portal is obviously here to stay so you can't put that toothpaste back into the tube but can you sort of continue to tweak and, and figure out something that works best uh, of course now chris you tell me you're our let's go to our rules
1: expert chris clark um Back, At, back, I got, yeah. back in the SEC uh, headquarters I was going to say, Birmingham. I have to be in
2: another city So I'm in like New York or something, <laughs> whatever they say
1: I,
3: By the way, on one of our pizzas <laughs> That will be coming out tomorrow on Gamecock Central I went SEC league office style And I said, I'm just going to go co-MVP Because you know how they do They okay. Every week, it's yes. like sure. The co-co-co <laughs> uh, Defensive lineman of the of week them. For the SEC And anyway, so Chris, you can enter the portal During this shrunken window yes but you still can pick where you're going yeah like that Whatever. that part the recruiting part of it maybe doesn't change as much that's true it, it what it, may do, it it may
2: end up helping that though because it, it if you shrink the window then there's a little bit more urgency to to get to a school or for coaches to kind of close out your class and and you still have it in conjunction with 2024, you know, high school and JUCO recruiting. So it probably will still help a little bit, I would imagine. Um, I think it'll help coaches manage things a little bit better. So there's not any like you do, you typically have these flurries in the portal, right? It opens, you have a flurry of guys. A few trickle in, it's about to close, you might have another flurry. And so this will prevent guys from maybe, you know, in that last. 15, 10, 15 days or whatever the portal, that the former style. They've got to make a decision quicker. And so if you're a coach, you're not maybe blindsided or you're able to plan, right. you know, a little bit better. But for South Carolina, I mean, Wes, those uh, 30 days are going to be active for us.
3: Well, they always have been, I feel like. They're so, going to
2: be very active yeah. this
3: year. I think, I think a lot of schools are, in South Carolina being one of them, they're saying we're not going to reach on high school guys. Like it used to be if you – so you kind of recruit your first level guys and then if you miss on a position, you say, well, let's go down next level. Nope. Now take the high school guys you can get that you love and then fill the rest with transfer portal because it also used to be if you were getting a transfer, you were probably getting like a junior. Sure. Now you got – I mean you can go get a redshirt freshman out of there and it's almost the same as getting a – just a high school guy. So I think not all recruits out of the transfer portal are created equal in terms of eligibility that is left.
1: Right. Well, certainly when a guy goes into the transfer portal, he wants insurance that he's going to be able to land at a good school for his next option. Speaking of insurance, thanks to our friends over at Amy Mason Cup State Farm for always being a great supporter of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour.
2: Absolutely phenomenal segue, Tyler. And uh, you can get great name brand insurance, and you can also do it by switching and saving. So you can not only switch... To great brand name insurance under Amy Mason Cup, but you can do it at a great rate. She can help you bundle auto, boat, renters, life, home, all, all your different insurances if they can possibly be bundled to get yourself an extra discount. She can help you do that. She can help her help you protect your family with life life insurance. She can help you get the home and auto insurance that you must carry on a daily basis. AmyMasonCup.com. M A S I N C U P P. AmyMasonCup.com. Is where you can go to visit her website and get more information, or you can give her a call, 803-772-5554. Amy Mason Cup is a South Carolina native and a local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save on all your insurance needs. That's amymasoncup.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: Speaking of rule changes, the NCAA also introducing something else in the world of recruiting that seems insignificant, but we'll see what Wes and Chris Have to say about it. That's coming up. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on the game. Again, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris, along with you in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Last segment, we talked about the NCAA changing the transfer portal window, shortening it up a little bit. Uh, Another rule change that's being proposed has not gone into effect yet. NCAA considering. Banning recruiting photo shoots on unofficial visits could possibly take effect on March the first of 2024. I've seen a lot of split reactions from people across college football about this. Some people are like that's dumb. Why is the NCAA worrying about something like this? But other people are saying, well, you know, for the programs itself, it's one less one less expense, one less thing they're having to worry about. What's what's y'all guys take on this?
3: Well, you know who's probably not sad right now. I can promise you is not sad right now, actually would be the creative media photographers.
1: Mm, very happy.
3: Who have to take photos for a photo shoot of a class of 2027
1: <laughs> uh, some, non Some 13-year-old kid.
3: Yes, because I can Baby tell Gronk. you every, everybody that comes in, oh, we're going to do a photo shoot? Am I going to get to do a photo shoot? It's a very popular thing you know, I could maybe say you split the difference and say five stars only. No, you can't do that. But uh, maybe seniors only, yeah. rising seniors only, something like that. I don't know. There's a little part of me as a content producer that's sad because those are always really easy photos for stories. Like if you didn't have yes your own photos, it's been so easy to get photos now because every prospect posts those things. Also, a key. Caveat here is it says unofficial visits. So yes. the photo shoots will still be there, still be a thing for official visits. And, you know, maybe the photo shoots mean a little bit more when you're not doing a photo shoot at every single school you go to. And it, it kind of becomes old hat almost by the time it gets to the point that you do an official visit photo shoot.
1: Now, for listeners that may not necessarily know, describe the difference between official and unofficial. Official. There are several differences. The biggest is that school can just provide pretty much
3: everything on an official visit. Now, there are other intricacies. It could soon be that you could only do photo shoots then. you There are certain limits to where you can actually host the guys as far as taking them a certain distance off campus versus having to have everything on campus on an unofficial visit. Um, you know, can you can you provide their meals on an official visit you can on unofficial you can't Uh, you can provide transportation for the prospect and a certain number of people on the official visit so official visit is just everything is taken care of unofficial it's much more on the prospect and their family to make the effort and the financial commitment to get to the game or junior day or whatever it is that you're having
2: and a change that went through in april was you know prospects are formerly limited to five official visits Mm -hmm. you know one per school and and that went away so you can only take one official you can't say i'm gonna officially visit south carolina every weekend like you can't do that sure one per school is the rule um but you can take unlimited so you know if you wanted to (laughs) for some reason you had 20 weekends or or some midweeks that you wanted to go take in theory you could do that now um I'm kind of curious with this rule change, with with the photo shoots, we do know sometimes schools will kind of lobby the NCAA to make some changes. Uh, things from, you know, calendar, administrative standpoint. But why other than, it, the answer may be rhetorical, like maybe because it's the NCAA, Chris, but I wonder why they made this change. Like why did they see fit to govern, hey, you can't do a photo shoot on an unofficial visit? because schools asked them to. That's the only thing I can think of.
3: That that's not something you come up with out of the blue. Like, <laughs> oh man, really seems like these photo shoots are a big problem, they're, huh guys? They're out of control. Yeah, if you if you're that's only something that comes up if you're the person who's in it yep. every single day
1: having to have those. There's so, an important thing to remember in this too and I was I forget which article I was reading about this last night, but You know, we think of the NCAA, it's obviously a governing organization. You know, Mark Emmert was the uh, leader of it for so long now, Charlie Baker is. And yes, there are still executives and higher ups that make these rule changes. But the the National Collegiate Athletics Association involves all the schools. They are a part of this. So when you say that the schools are the ones that help make this rule change, they're a part of this organization saying, hey, what if we took this away from official visits? Like, they do have a say in these matters. Yeah, sometimes we forget
3: that when we just hammer the NCAA. Like, the schools are a part of the NCAA. Yes. So, it, it's almost very easy to kind of throw shade at this kind of almost shadow, organiza- <laughs> fictitious, like, who's the NCAA? Oh, that's who we blame all our problems on. Yeah,
1: it's it, it's the big brother of college sports. Yeah, you just blame, blame everything
3: on the NCAA. But in this case, I... I'd be pretty sure that schools have just said, this has gotten out of hand. Let's make this a rule. And then other schools were probably like, yes, who came up with that idea? That's a great idea. Let's get rid of this. And, you know, I I just, like I said, I don't think you pull that out of the blue. That's not something anybody who's not handling the day-to-day of recruiting even thinks about. I
1: would think. I I think a lot of people like to envision Charlie Baker and all these like executives sitting in a conference room and you have like NIL and like transfer portal and big like words on a whiteboard. And somebody's like, hey, what if we took away photo shoots from unofficial vids? And they're all like, I love it. Let's do it. That's not necessarily what's happening here. That would be a great sitcom though. I feel like. Absolutely.
2: Prospects, I think, are going to cap. They are probably going to come up. We'll we'll see another like a shift. Like, I think prospects are going to find a way to keep putting out photos of them, but not like the inst—the rule is the institution can't be involved in arranging it or photographing. So well, it'll have to be like mom and dad taking a picture of you. Not in and- the jersey. They won't be able to do the jersey because that would be like institutional involvement, but on the field or something like that.
1: Some of these places in the recruiting suites do have like selfie studios and places where you can take pictures with the backgrounds and Will like that be institutional you know, involvement i that's we need attorneys question. like sort well, of there you, are ways around this if you
3: have like a a special place on the wall it's like oh this is just a nice graphic sure background yeah. but oh wow there's great lighting in front of this graphic <laughs> just so happens so I we so yeah. happen
1: to be walking by this corner of the room, and I'm looking at this picture of one of South Carolina's recruits in front of the wall that has all the different you know Carolina stuff. And yes, it has the lights and all that setup, but they just happen to be walking by, like, "Hey, let's take a picture in front of this thing." And he's wearing a Gamecock shirt that he brought himself or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's ways around this. But but even then,
3: I think the rule has actually served its purpose if you're doing that because sure. now your your photographers aren't sitting there taking pictures for. Literally hours for for every visit day that you have.
1: Yeah. For and how many how many kids do you think make unofficial visits in a year? Rough estimation. Oh, I haven't. I would even. I, yeah, it's Hundreds. an
3: insane number, and they all want photo shoots. Of course. So I would want one. It's actually a pretty good rule, I think. If
2: it goes yeah, into and, and I mean, so Andy Staples from On Three said he had a tweet about this, which I I'm I'm actually gonna. Push back on this a little bit. He said, team employees hate how much time and energy these things waste. Yes, cosign. We know that from people across college football. He said, everyone thinks you need a rule when all you have to do is realize you don't have to do the thing if you don't want to. I disagree with that. If there's something that you are allowed to do in college sports, you do have to do it from a competitive standpoint. Yeah, you, you what is South be, Carolina? Oh, we're yeah. not going to do photo shoots anymore. Well, right? Everybody yeah. else is going to keep you doing it. You don't
1: want it. to be the school that says, hey, we're not going to allow you to do this when every other school is like, yeah, come and do it. Like you yeah. Having this rule again is kind of the backdoor way of like, sorry, guys, can't do this anymore. Wait, wait until you say, oh, no, we're not doing photo shoots.
3: And one recruit, <laughs> even just offhand, yeah. They don't even know what firestorm they're creating <laughs> says, oh, yeah, you know, South Carolina doesn't do photo shoots anymore in a in a quote. Yeah. How quickly that gets taken and ran with on Gamecock Twitter. Like, I- it, it would be, it, and I would even say, I would probably agree with them. Like, that's, that's if
1: everybody else is doing photo shoots and recruits love it, then that's right. you got to do it too. Well, you may not be a recruiter on an unofficial visit, but if you need a photo framed, I've got the perfect place to send you to. My goodness, oh. Tyler. Woo. Where, where are you sending them? You're going to send them to Gold Line Framing? Absolutely.
3: Yes. Gold Line Framing is one of our wonderful sponsors here on the GC Takeover. Hit up Kendall Walsh and our friends over there in West Columbia, 511 12th Street, for any and all of your custom framing needs. That could be a diploma. That could be apparently a photo shoot from your time as a visitor at South Carolina. That could be. Original artwork, canvases, jerseys, or flags. Also, they've got a great art gallery, home decor, furniture, and gift items, all in store. Give them a call. 803 739 1337. They are open Tuesday to Friday, 10 AM to 530 PM. Next Saturday, that is homecoming, right, Tyler?
1: That's correct.
3: You've informed me of that. Next Saturday, 10 AM to 2 PM. They are open every single Saturday. So if you're in town for the game, go check them out. Again, that's gold line framing. 511 12th Street, West Columbia. Back to Tyler and his amazing transitions today.
1: Speaking of Cruton, South Carolina making an interesting move on the recruiting trail yesterday. Talk about that next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on the game. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs wrapping up your Thursday morning. It, of course, is a bye week for the Gamecocks. That means Coach Beamer and staff will be out on the recruiting trail this weekend with no game to worry about. Speaking of recruiting, yesterday they made an offer to a in-state wide receiver, Braylon Stanley, out of Aiken and Strom Thurmond. Staley. Staley, excuse me. Um, already committed to Tennessee, but an in-state guy that South Carolina now making a move on. Yeah, been committed to Tennessee since late June, I believe, and... This is a name
3: that South Carolina fans who follow recruiting have been kind of paying attention to for quite some time. Is a track standout as well. Has great bloodlines. Was originally considered, I would say, close to a lock, safe to say, to Clemson. Mm-hmm. And Clemson kind of filled up at wide receiver and then it quickly kind of shifted to always oh, going to Tennessee. There was actually discussion in June before he committed to Tennessee about whether South Carolina would offer then. And they wanted to get more of a look at him, a little bit closer look at him. They wanted him to come to camp. That never happened. So the offer at the time never happened. And then they've kept in, you know, at least I don't I don't know if they've kept in contact, but they've kept uh, watching him, evaluating him. And he's had a really good senior year so far, by all indications, and really looks like a guy who... You know, you want to get if you're South Carolina. So they, they just said, hey, we're going to offer. Let's see what happens. You know, it, it is a little bit odd timing. But at the same time, I kind of respect the fact that they just said we're going to go for it as opposed to doing the thing where you say, I don't know, you know, we could offer, but then not get him. Yeah. That, that looks bad. But, you know, no, if you like the guy, if you've seen enough, offer him. See what happens. And I, Chris, I, I think they have at least a shot here from what i've heard like I, I don't think it's one of those things where we're sitting there here and oh he's definitely flipping mm-hmm. but i i think they're in the conversation i think the door is cracked would be a completely safe way to say it yes in between
2: the they're offering because they know or they think they can flip him and the they have no shot and 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 also the thing that you said was you, you actually do see that at schools hey we would kind of really like to offer this kid, but we don't want to get shut out for perception. No, you just, hey, you offer him, you know, and he's, he's had a good senior year. This is a guy with a lot of athleticism, first of all. Um, so he's he's a track guy. His dad, as you said, West, the bloodlines, um, was going to go to Clemson, but ended up going to Mississippi State, I believe. Um, so he has some, some college football bloodlines. And then... I mean, the athleticism, he's got the size, the athleticism. I mean, he's a two time triple jump champ. Uh, He won the 200 meter, I think, in what would that have been, 4A um, last year. So he's a guy that can leap, he can run. So um, he's continued to progress as well as a football player in terms of the production. Very unofficial stats here, but from max preps through six games, uh, 37 catches for 638 yards. And six touchdowns this season for Bray Staley. And from what we hear, Wes, South Carolina will
3: be scouting him in person tomorrow night at his game. Indeed. And Charles Power, again, y'all hear us talk about him quite a bit when we talk about rankings on on three. Really, I would say pretty high on Staley. He has kind of climbed in the rankings on on three. The recruiting industry rankings, which is the weighted average of all of them, he's 137 in the country. Number three prospect in the state of South Carolina and the number twenty-four receiver overall. But actually in on three's rankings, a top one hundred prospect, number ninety-seven in the country, number eighteen wide receiver, and number two prospect in the state of South Carolina. So, you know, he he's actually being drugged down a little bit by the ESPN and rivals rankings, but on three, the highest on him, twenty four seven sports right there. In in similar thinking, having him as a number two prospect in the state of South Carolina, I think he's an upside guy. But also, I I think he's really started to come into his own on the field as a senior from everything we've heard as well. And it'll be interesting, man. They clearly, if we want to kind of zoom out a little bit, they clearly want another high school wide receiver in this class. You look at what they're losing from that receiving core. I can already promise you, transfer portal receiver will be something that's a uh, heavy, like high priority, but they, they don't want to just go portal. And you have Mazio Bennett and, um, you know, you have, uh, you have Lang out of Florida, but he's also a guy who could play DB or receiver. So I think they want another true high school wide receiver to pair up with Mazio Bennett. The two guys know each other, the guys that are committed, they, they're, They've already started their recruiting pitches now that he has an offer. So it'll be – at least we got something fun to track down the stretch here with South Carolina in this 2024 recruiting class.
2: Yeah, so much of the activity is going to be portal, and so the, that's a waiting game. The, the portal's not open. You're, you're not out there recruiting portal guys. And so the number of high school targets – I mean, South Carolina got a decent bit of volume for the 2024 class, you know, in the spring and summer – uh really in the spring and earlier than that and so that's created kind of this gap where you're waiting on the transfer portal and there's kind of more just a handful of high school prospects i mean daniel hill's one we, we thought he'd come off the board on august 23rd he didn't he prolonged things so he's still on the board now we've got another one in staley a couple guys committed to other schools Jalewis solomon to auburn cam fountain at southern cal the edge out of atlanta there are some guys still on the board and maybe some others that will continue to emerge too as we progress.
1: Absolutely. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. We'll get you set for a full weekend of bye week football coming up tomorrow. Halftime show with myself and Terry Ford coming up right here on the game.